This is the podcast, not an interview. This is a conversation. No gimmicks, just reasons. 84 reasons. Come holler at me. Just reasons every week I sit down with former, current, future Florida Gators. Man, this next guest, man, it's hard to describe it, man. We go back a long ways, back to them playing days at Florida, man. I always used to refer to him as my little brother. A guy that's always played bigger than his size, always made his presence felt. Played for Florida for 2001 to 2005 for them at cornerback. Gainesville native, east side of Gainesville, for those of you who don't know. Formerly the senior director of player development and alumni relations pro, pro liaison at the University of Florida. Now, CEO and founder of Elite Sports Management Group, formerly Elite Athletic Performance. That's what that's what I knew him for. Now the mentor, Asian manager, the friend to Anthony Richardson, the great Vernell Brown. What's going on with you today, VB? I can't call it, man. What's going on with you, man? Appreciate you guys having me. <sighs> VB, man, before we even get to what you're doing now. Everybody always talk about that 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 second career. When you football, sports was our identity. For those that have never done it, that's all we ever did, and got to get a job one day. Football just goes away one day. And I heard that you always wanted to help people. I always was in. Was it always going to be something with the youth, or did it kind of choose you? Um, you know, I, I've always been in helping and developing young men, women. Um, and obviously me being a former athlete, sports was kind of the vehicle to do it. So when I first finished playing, uh, one of the first things I did was start a youth organization, you know, and that was an opportunity to develop kids uh, and to be totally honest, which helped develop parents also. Um, and did that for a number of years, uh, relocated my family and I down to where I live now from Gainesville, the villages, Florida, um, the villages, Wildwood area. Um, did the same thing here was kind of the athletic director, ran all the youth programs here for the villages. Um, and then two years after being here, the opportunity presented itself for me to come back to Florida. Um, I ran away from college athletics for a long time just because I wanted to watch my kids, you know, grow up and be involved with them. Um, but the opportunity that presented itself was just it aligned perfect with where we were um, as a family. And it allowed me to still do a lot of the things that was important that I did with my kids. So um, took advantage of that opportunity and, you know, started to help mold and develop young men. Um, and then here we are now. BB, you said you tried to run away from college athletics as long as long as you could. Dan Mullen comes back in time, and obviously, you know, uh, not to get into like his, you know, his overall tenure at Florida. But what is a conversation like that like? Because we get settled into our regular lives, man. Like, look, man, I'm going to see my kids. I'm I'm home every day. Three five two, I think it's three seven five four six eight three pop up. Some 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 of that. What is that conversation like when they ask you to come back home? So, um, I mean, it was pretty simple. I had got wind kind of a couple of weeks actually before he reached out that, you know, he was considering hiring me for the position. Um, and then he reached out maybe two weeks after I heard it for the first time. And I had heard it from several different people that was, you know, kind of in the know. Um, and then when he, you know, he said, man, just just come in and talk to me. And so I went in one Sunday um, and just, you know, talked with him. And I told him what was important to me, which is, my, you know, my family, my kids. And I understand, you know, working in college athletics that you're going to miss some things. However, I'm not a fan of just sitting in the office for the sake of sitting in the office. You know, we don't have nothing going on that directly involves me um, or that I need to be at. And my kids got something going on, then I, I want to be able to get there. Um, and he assured me that would happen. And, and, man, you know, once he did that, 
you know, I accepted the position and kind of navigated the last, you know, four years that way under his his regime. And then, you know, when Coach Napier came in, I made him made it known to him what was important to me if I was going to stay on staff. And he said, man, that won't be an issue. Um, and so I was blessed to be able to work for two head coaches that understood that how important my family uh, was to me. Speaking of family, man, I mean, they definitely got the bloodline. I mean, your sons, your track, football, your brother coach. He, I mean, he's doing it. So y'all in coaching, y'all that. I have three children. And the last thing I want to do is put the pressure on them. Or oh, you, quote, being true, but Bernie O'Brown's daughter, son. How do you maintain that dynamic of saying, look, I'm going to push you, but I'm a, I can still be a daddy in the crowd, even though people, I'm, even though I'm not just another face in the crowd? You know, it, it, it's kind of the, the thing is they'll never get from under the light of being Vernell Brown's son or daughter, or being Troop's son or daughter. Um, but, you know, I've always encouraged my kids to be individuals. You know, I've never tried to push them to a sport. I never tried to push them in athletics, period. Um, you know, all of my kids have gravitated towards athletics, but, you know, that's kind of the way they grew up with me being involved with youth organizations, so forth and so on. Um, they grew up around athletics. So, I, you know, I got a daughter that ran track in high school. Believe it or not, she's my oldest. She's now a Florida State Seminole. She's not an athlete at the collegiate level. Um, I got a daughter that graduated this year that ran track at the University of Florida. Um, and then I got a son that's a pretty highly recruited kid, my oldest son, sophomore in high school. And then my baby boy is a ninth grader. Um, just 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 getting there. He should be a pretty a pretty decent recruit, too. And then my baby girl, man, is burning the track up, um, you know, ranked nationally. Number one in all of her events uh, across the country, man, just a really gifted kid. You know, it's funny to see um, five kids that grew up in the same household, but all very different. You know what I mean? Um, you know, they definitely got some good genes from an athleticism standpoint, but the mindset and mentality is different between every one of them. So that's the interesting part, man, that I, I love, you know, navigating the, the, the waters as a parent and allowing them in, to create autonomy and choose their own paths um, and just being supportive as a father, man. BB, you, you talked about living in Wildwood. I, listen, for those of you who ain't never been to Florida, Wildwood, that's where that cutoff is, where that, where that nice interstate, like, break off a little bit. Well, you got yes. to be going to Tampa Bay to break off. When you're coming from Orlando, what kind of break? That's the first... Little town you're gonna see went right before right outside Ocala, but you go from you go from youth athletics to the creme de la creme when you're talking about quote, I, I hate to use this word amateur athletics, but there's nothing amateur about the University of Florida. How did the youngsters prepare you for the student athletes? Cause they different. I'm not saying they different in a bad way, but they got NIL, they got more exposure, they got, you know, uh TikTok and all these different things. How does Vernell Brown keep the main thing the main thing when they got so many things going on in their head and they're trying to be the best athlete? Well, I think, you know, the biggest thing, and I think one of my gifts is just kind of meeting, you know, kids where they are, regardless of how old or what level they're at. Um, at the end of the day, even though they're at the University of Florida and they look like grown men, to me and you, they're still kids when you talk sure. to them, when you watch them interact. And so just, you know, meeting them where they are and helping them understand what the, the goal is here at the University of Florida. I mean, yeah, you're here to play football and you're here to get education. However, this is also preparation for the next phase in life, which you and I both know at some point, and for most sooner than later, is coming. Um, and so, you know, just being able to have those conversations um, with them and just kind of enlighten them and everybody's situation is a little bit different. You know, some people come from two parent families, involved fathers that, you know, kind of have some inclination as to how to be a man. Um, and then you got some that come from single parent families, just mom and, 
you know, mom did her best, the best she could to try to show them. But at the end of the day, you and I both know you, you kind of need a man to, to show a, a young man how to be a man. Um, and so just being there for that, being there for a shoulder for them to lean on, somebody that's walked in their shoes, the shoes that they're walking in, sat in the seats that they're sitting in um, at the University of Florida just gives you a lot of credibility. Bernard, man, what, what made you, what made, I always say when it comes to what we're doing now, it almost got to pick us. Yeah, you, damn mother, called you. But it's something about that position to make you get in your car to drive up, you know what I'm saying, uh, 75 North. Get off. I don't know if you got off at Archer. I don't know if you know which one you got off on, but you taking on a huge commodity when you think about the fact that, yes, these players got the best coaches, facilities, resources, but that part that you do is pivotal because you know, just like I know, 85 scholarship guys, everybody ain't getting out there. And that's just a numbers thing, not a talent thing. How do you, how, do, how does when you pick your position, you go, at what point did you realize, all right, man, this is what I'm supposed to be doing? So, like I say, it was something I kind of always done, whether it was at the youth or the high school level um, and the opportunity to do it on a stage like that and, you know, impact young men who, who, you know, that decision date is right in front of them. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can talk to a youth player or a high school player and they still got college. They still got all this stuff to kind of, you know, endure before decision D-Day gets there. However, you know, the guys at the University of Florida, they got, you know, some of them three for the ones who are lucky, but five max. And decision day is there. Um, so, you know, the opportunity to do that. And once again, one of the things I've always been into is molding young men and women. Um, and it was an opportunity to do that. They say, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life, man. And I, I commuted an hour to and from the University of Florida for five years. And man, it's not one day that I felt like I actually went to work. The hardest part about my job was the hour commute. You saw... Uh... The, the recruiting aspect of things is crazy, right? When we when we was going through, it's about the team, the coach. Now, facilities, facilities, facilities. I mean, you go places, man. I remember when they said, man, the, the state of Florida would never get indoor facilities because if one get it, the other one's got to get it like a trickle effect. But now you're talking about a, 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 a standalone football facility. These boys eating asparagus. They got chefs. That it was so, it's something about that walk we used to take up the steps across the street. Now, them boys get that, that extra five minutes make a difference. Talk about the changes you saw in Florida. Not forget the coaches, just the change you saw from the old dome seem like it's almost to the street these days. The to I mean, totally different, man. The facilities, I mean, which we needed an upgrade. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the facilities when I first got to Florida looked just like when you and I played, which was a long time ago now. Um, but definitely really nice, man. I mean, there's, there's nothing. I can't understand why a kid wouldn't take advantage of, of all the resources and facilities that the University of Florida, and really, I mean, all the universities have them today. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, what flavors brought to the facilities and the staff, so forth and so on. But, I mean, everybody has a nice facility now. We finally caught up, man, and it is definitely totally different from our day. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with you. To me, there was some value in that walk from Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, uh, Steve Spurrier Field, all the way over to uh, the practice facility. But... Um, that's no longer the case. You actually walk right out the locker room, out the back door, and you're right on the practice field now, or out of the weight room onto the, the indoor. Um, so um, beautiful thing, man. Once again, much needed at the University of Florida. Um, and, and the kids, you know, they only know what they know. So they know the facilities they see now. They don't know what you and I went through in the facilities we had back in our day. Speaking with Vernon Brown now, well, CEO and founder of Elite Sports Management Group, now mentor, manager, of Anthony Richardson. I, when I heard about you leaving Florida, right, and I saw you was going to be mentoring or continuing to mentor Anthony Richardson, 
I think about what that one, what that uh, question was like when he posed it to you. But we think we know what we mean to people. Everybody do, especially with our kids. Like, we, we think we know. But when I say VB, when I heard it, you were what we needed because every single player needs that person that quote, I can speak freely to. Because college is a, listen, it's the best and the worst place in your life. I said, it's, it's the best place to be, but boy, there, there ain't no handbook on it. You sitting there, letting him speak freely, letting him grow in real time in front of you. But then he hit you with a question that even Vernon O'Brien never got. What was that like when he said, hey, BB, man, Coach Brown, when I go, will you go with me? What did that do? To, obviously, I know the decision you made, but what, what goes to a, a feeling like that when the young man saying, man, I'm going to need you even when I leave games there? Uh, I mean, it, it was a great feeling. Definitely caught me off guard. You know, what I did with Anthony in the beginning was no different than what I've done with a lot of other guys. I mean, Kyle Pitts could have made a case to do the same thing. Um, however, Kyle's support system was a little bit different. Um, and once again, there was never any – I never dreamed of having an opportunity to accompany anyone to the NFL. It was just me doing my job at the University of Florida, which I love. Um, but uh, about a year and a half ago is when, you know, he first presented me with that question. We was having one of our weekly meetings and he just leaned back on the couch and he said, man, you know what, coach, man? He said, coach VB, I want you to go with me when I transition to the next level. He said, man, would you do that? And it kind of caught me off guard. Um, I said, well, Anthony, man, you realize, man, it's not just me. Like I got a wife, I got five kids. Like I'm not, you know, this 25 year old guy <laughs> yes, that's, sir. you know, just me and can move how I want to move, man. I, I don't make moves no more. It's a movement for me. Uh, he say, man, coach, you know, I know all that, man, but I really would like for you to do that. So, you know, that meeting concludes that day. Um, I come home that evening, talk to my wife a little bit about it just briefly. Cause like I say, he asked me and I was, you know, it caught me off guard, but it, it was so far out, you know, the re the reality that that actually actually happening, you know, my thought process is, well, that can change and Hey, we got to get there. You know what I mean? We got to get to that point. Um, and so nothing else was said about it, man. And, you know, obviously we navigated this past season, continuing with our weekly meetings and all that good stuff. And, you know, as it got closer to the end of the season and it was decision time, you know, I did what I do as a as a mentor, um, kind of laid out the pros and the cons for him to both decisions, you know, whether you go or whether you stay, because there was pros and cons to both. Um, and ultimately, he made the decision to uh, to go. And the first thing he said is, you coming, right? And now this thing is real. You know, before he asked me, it caught me off guard. But once again, we hadn't even played a season yet. So, um, but now when he asked me, it's real. So the conversation comes back up in my household with my wife and my kids because um, they old enough to be involved with decisions and things like that. And uh, ultimately made the decision to do it, man. And hadn't looked back since, man. Been head down, you know, helping him navigate the pre-draft process. Um, you know, the combine pro day, all that good stuff, and, and ultimately the draft, which concluded in a in a very uh historic fashion for him, us, and, and really everybody involved, man. So I'm um, excited about the opportunity to continue mentor and manage him and also be his chief of staff. VB, you giving the pros and the cons. It ain't a, it ain't a young man alive when to listen to that con side. He's looking at it, yeah, I get it, I get it. But he also looking at the fact that. Like you said, everybody don't come from the same background. Everybody don't got two two parents at home. It was something about you. He said, man, you can throw any con on there you want. As long as VB is involved, I can deal with it because there ain't, I, I say this to people all the time. I say, listen, the only reason why Anthony Richardson wasn't the most famous quarterback in the state of Florida because Tom Brady played for Tampa. And people say, well, he, I said, because you got to understand, he's from Gainesville. He plays quarterback. He went number 15. The boy don't run from, 
you know, the spotlight. But at the same, it, it takes a lot of strength for a young man to know what he needs. Not, look, the X and O's, I get that part. The, the, the boy has been gifted from, well, 6'4", 244. The measurables are crazy. But with all that being said, he going, it's something about 2022 that I saw from Anthony Richardson. It's when he didn't have media availability, he's still walking in. He's still answering questions. He's still taking pictures. He still signing autographs. I watched him grow up in one year and a brand new coach, win or lose, you had a lot to do with that because you get to tell him, listen, Anthony, I got to tell you about these blind spots. I got to tell you about these things that only I can see. And yes, you look the part, sound the part, but you got to be that all the time. Like that limelight been on you. It ain't going away for a long time. When he come at you the second time, the first time, all right, but this boy gonna think about it. But when he come at you the second time, he like, cool, you gonna be with me? Now you got to go back to the wife and say, hey, this boy dead serious. So y'all gonna, go. what was that second conversation like when you had to go to the wife the second time and say, this boy, with everything we talked about, he's saying, Coach BB, you gonna be with me. Um, you know, it was just the reality of him actually, he said that before, but he said it again, which means he really means it. Um, and what does this look like for us? You know, what does this look like for her, um, for the kids, so forth and so on? Obviously, having kids at critical stages, you know, one that's in college, one that's getting ready to go to college, another one that's highly recruited. So these next couple of years are really important to them. And so making sure that aligns with what they have going on and ultimately, you know, I, I want to see Anthony be successful, which is how all of this started. And, and really, not just Anthony. I'm speaking specifically to Anthony, but it was really all the kids at the University of Florida. I want to see them be successful, which is how our relationship materialized the way it did. Um, and it wasn't done with any intentions of doing anything other than helping him be successful. Um, and so, you know, the opportunity to go help him be successful at the next level, you know, one of the things I've always told him, man, is I, I believe in you. You know what I mean? If nobody else don't, even when you play, you know, you go back to the Kentucky game, which is probably in his mind, one of the worst games of his career, you know, despite what happened that Saturday when he came off as that Sunday, you know, we, we had a really long meeting, man. And it's just making him put everything in perspective and, and realizing that, man, all is not lost. Even though you think all is lost, it's not lost. You got the whole season to put the train back on the track. Um, and let's put a plan together to do so. Not worrying about the whole season, but we're going week to week. You know what I mean? Practice by practice. Week, great week of preparation. Great performance on Saturday. And then once you do that every week, now you can sit down and really put the pros, cons together and really make an informed decision. And, you know, ultimately he ended up betting on himself, you know, the hype behind him. There was some at the end of the season, um, but it wasn't for most people would say he needed to come back to school a year. And, you know, the one thing I knew is, hey, I hadn't looked at the lineup of the draft and seen what teams was up in the top 10 and needed quarterbacks and even Worst case, he was the fourth quarterback coming out, you know, some some people would say. So even with that being said, and I, I had a pretty good inclination that, you know, all of his pre-draft stuff was going to be done the way it was done. You know, he was going to perform well at the combine really well, uh, perform well at pro, uh, pro day. And, and more importantly, the biggest thing is let's get ready for interviews. So we spent a lot of time kind of getting ready for the interview process. So I, I've said this before, but the combine was one for me well before he set foot on the field. You know, once the reports, I started getting text messages from guys within different organizations saying, man, he interviewed really well. And then the next day it came out that he had the best interviews of all the quarterbacks, not only in this draft, but the previous draft. You know, to me, that's when I put my shades on because I already knew what the on-field performance was going to be. BB, you keep on talking about a plan. And that's, the, that's one of the hardest things 
whether we current players, former players, future players, to have a plan, but to put it in place. You keep on talking about, man, we put a plan week by week, put the train back on the track. Because you, when it comes to the physical gifts, the boy, the, he got it. He, he can donate some. He, he got that part. <laughs> but the one thing I remember about going through the combine process was I was in uh, New Orleans with Tom Shaw. They kept stressing about the interview process. They said, listen, man, you wouldn't be here if you weren't good enough to be here. But when they sit you down, are they going to buy what you selling? Can you control the room. They used to tell us about holding court. The fact that, number one, every time he do an interview, he do, listen, he do an interview Saturday or Saturday night. He come in and have, you know, he, he, he reassess everything Sunday. But then the draft comes, right? And I, listen, I do not look at my drafts. They get on my nerves. I can't, my drafts are not analysis. Is that just somebody saying why I think? The fourth pick comes, right? That 15 minutes probably felt like an hour. What, what is that like for him and you saying when the fourth overall pick in the 2000, you know, 2023 draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson? Because I know Coach Burry went number three, but listen, man, his he didn't have this, he didn't have these big gigantic numbers like, like Stroud, like Bryce Young. But the head coach of Indy was in the house for that pro day. And that last throw, I tell people, I think I'll tell you something. You can train all year long. You can't throw a ball that far. This boy rolled to the right, threw it in the air by 70. Whether they caught it or not, whether short or catch it or not, when he when he's the fourth overall pick, do y'all look at each other? Like, what, what is that moment like for you and for him? So, you know, what a lot of people don't know is we were told pre, pre like, the draft starting that if he was around at four, that they were going to take him. Um, you know, but there was some question as to whether or not he was going to be around at four. Yes, yes. Um, and so, you know, obviously for him, getting his name called, walking across that stage, which is something every kid in America that plays football uh, aspires to have happened to them one day um, was a surreal moment, man. You know, just seeing him take the call, you know, shed the tears of joy and realize, man, we made it. You know what I mean? Like, despite, you know, all of my upbringing and all of the struggles that I had during my the, the success, the failures that I classify as failures, uh, that he, I shouldn't say I, he classifies as failures throughout his tenure at the University of Florida. His name still got called, and not only did he get called, it got called pretty hot. Um, so um, that, that was a surreal moment for him, his family, for us as a team. Um, because there was a lot of, of, of uh, hard work put in to get to that date. Two, two men from the east side of Gainesville. I don't know if you knew Anthony Richardson growing up or not, because obviously once you left Gainesville, you, you know, your life moved down, you know, moved down the way. You have a calling for just helping people. I, I just want to help. Youth level, Dan Muller calls me. Billy Napier realized, hey, man, it's hard to find good help. Anthony Richardson, you say, look, I, I sit down with a bunch of them. I sit down with a bunch of them just so they that speak freely thing hit me in a different way, VB, because I mean, I don't know if it did this to you. I didn't know what anxiety was in college. I didn't know what depression was in college. And even if I did, who am I going to say something to? Who? Now, I ain't like it is now. Yes, there was a VB on the staff when we was there. I don't know who they were. I, I couldn't <laughs> say who they were. We had one. I'm not Listen, Coach Spurry, Coach, look, we had one. Well, there wasn't no Sunday meeting. There was no speak freely. You said this could have happened for Kyle Pitts, but this is the thing I, I want to get at. Forget the fact that you had a plan. This boy trusted you and your plan. He trusted both. 
I trust the individual first. I trust what he's saying second. And like you said, look, man, the one thing you said that hit me the most is that, boy, I believe in you. If nobody else, boy, that's the, listen, when we country boys, man, that's what my daddy say. If don't nobody believe in you, because in Anthony Richardson's life, he's going to have some ebbs and flows, right? Kentucky, it wasn't his best. I get it. I get it. You're the only one saying, boy, you better lift your head up. But what's wrong with you? Oh, I, you know, what, what is it like being able to just talk to him? Because the thing about Anthony Rich or those type of athletes, everybody going to smile at them, patronize them. They the last thing I want to do is make them mad. Like, listen, they ain't going to bust out their clothes and turn green. They ain't going to do nothing. But you can talk to the person who just happens to be an incredible player. Talk about the dynamic of y'all relationship saying, look, man, what they say, man, uh, rules without relationships leads to rebellion. You got to build that relationship first. Right. Talk about being able to say, yo, aunt, bruh, you tripping right now. That's the best part because he got the X and O's. You know, I, I think one thing anybody will say about me, and I, I think you will attest to this, is one thing I'm going to tell you is what's on my mind, whether you True. like it or not. True. <laughs> so I, I think I've kind of grown to be recognized that way, you know, throughout the building at the University of Florida amongst the players, um, amongst my family, amongst anybody who really know me. Um, so I think that in itself kind of goes along where, you know, you mentioned how long had I known Anthony. I met Anthony actually when he first came to Gainesville. Um, he played on my 707, with my 707 organization for a little bit. Um, and, you know, I always admired the way he took care of his brother. Um, and, you know, I, I've, I've told him that throughout his life several times, you know what I mean? But, you know, for me, the ability to be able to, hey, I'm always speak free and like I say, say what's on my mind, regardless of who I'm talking to. And I think there's some because most people won't say that to an athlete like him, like they won't tell him or anybody that caliber when they wrong or when they need to put things in a different perspective. Uh, and I take pride in doing that. You know what I mean? I, at the end of the day, my job is to help you reach your goals and get where you want to go. And so based off my experience, my knowledge and my expertise, here's how I see it and here's what needs to be done. And if you trust me enough to follow that and then, you know, the chips fall where they may. And fortunately, in this case, you know, they fell in the right place. And, and, and here we are today. And, and I say that, you know, him and I spent a lot of time together, but there were some other people um, involved also. But um, I did kind of, you know, help lead the charge and him getting the train on the track and having looking at it through a different lens um, that fortunately turned out to be a lens to success. Elite Sports Management Group, I know y'all have one client. name is Anthony Richardson. Is there going to be other clients? Because obviously, if people can see it, I went, listen, we've been to the website, seen the services, about all these different things. If I'm a up-and-comer and I'm just seeing the authenticity, great, listen, great photo, by the way. You look like you looking at him with the shades. Love that, by the way, black and white. But is, are you looking to have more? than Obviously, he's the first. Are you looking to add more clients other than him? I definitely, you know, plan to expand. Um, you know, this year I kind of want to focus on him. Uh, but eventually definitely want to expand uh, in, in some degree. So definitely it, it'll be a group uh, at some point. Right now it's just Anthony. And, you know, with him being the caliber guy he is, hands kind of full with him. Um, and this is one you want to make sure. I mean, all of them you want to get right. But right now he's the only client. Uh, and we're going to make sure we get this one right. BB, man, I'll be remiss, man. I mean, obviously, you know, you won, uh, one of my favorite teammates. Because you always been the same, man. Always been the same. I, I tell you all the time, people always ask me about you. I said, man, we had this thing where we had this 250-pound slash, right? We brought out there on that field. And BB just looking like, man, what y'all 
what I'm supposed to do with this thing, bro? You want me to pull this thing right here? All right. I'm going to pull it because I got to pull it. But y'all getting on my nerves. But I, I said this about you, Vivi. Never complain. Y'all had a special relationship. Y'all and them receivers, y'all could have did a documentary. That back and forth y'all used to have used to get me through crack. Because <laughs> the one thing about it, we going to eat. The one thing about a DB, if a receiver's nice, I'm a, well, you nice. But the one that's chirping, hey, oh, you don't need to be talking. Yeah, not you. I can appreciate just the position you played made it so that, man, I'm out here by myself. I got to have a short memory. Good play, bad play. I got to get, it's all about technique. How much did what you chose to do athletically just help you in what you're doing now? Uh, you know, one of the things I, I think, man, is is you can, on, defense, on the defensive side of the ball, especially out there on that island, you can take all the politics out of the game. Either you can play or you can't. And if you can't, when you make a mistake, everybody in the stands is going to know you made. You know what I mean? And, and so kind of having that same approach, man, that, you know, when you make a mistake, everybody going to know. Um, and and I, I've always been a competitor, so I'm going to compete at anything. You know, we, we can thumb wrestle and we're going to compete. Uh, and so, man, that's just that's just who I am. I've always been a pretty confident guy. Um, you know, and you got to be out there on that island. So I, I think that attributes to me being able to – you know, keep it real and, and and say what I mean, what I say, and say what I mean. Five kids, wife, support system. They they the ones that make the biggest sacrifice, no matter what we do. But you talk about them being old enough to be in this decision pro decision making process. What does Vernell Brown say to them? Because they super supportive of husband, daddy. But now this this is a different thing for everybody. Forget. Football, man, we leaving the South. We are leaving the South to where they, they got that white stuff coming out the, out the air. We got to get real coats. Because you, you, you've experienced the best, uh, I want to say, geographic location there is, VB. What do you say to them, though? Because we always talk about what we do and how we do. We never talk about why we get to do it. That's because of the wifey and the kid. What does VB say to the wife and kids about not just this right here, but everything they've meant to? Well, I, you know, I think you know, throughout our life, we've had some transitions. Um, and fortunately, they all been really good. Um, and so my wife, as well as my kids, I think they trust my judgment. You know, if I make a decision that we're going to do something, one of the reasons why I wanted to include my kids, obviously my wife is always included, um, is because, you know, they're old enough to where this decision can affect them too. And, you know, no different than with Anthony or with anybody, when it's decision-making time, you sit down and you look at the pros and you look at the cons. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at in the process right now. Like I say, either way, whether I move the old family to Indianapolis or whether I just get a place up there and kind of go back and forth, I'll be in Indianapolis quite a bit, um, regardless. Um, but wanting them to understand how it impacts them, um, and how it could also benefit them, you know, if we go there or if we stay here, um, you know, just making sure everybody understand that, you know, I, I think having them involved in the process or help prepare them for as their life happens and they start to go through different transitions, understanding how transitions work and the things that need to be done when you're making decisions. They say when you go to the University of Florida, wherever school you go to, you're not making the next, not making the decision for the next four years of your life, you're making the decision for the next 40 years of your life. What? It may be a hard question to ask, but a, a, a even harder to answer. What does the University of Florida mean to Vernell Brown? It means a lot, man. I mean, you know, my family has a legacy there. You know, I was blessed to be able to continue that legacy. Um, my brother was after me. Um, and now I got my daughter that'll be going there. So, you know, it, 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 the University of Florida means a lot. I mean, it's largely responsible for, 
for who I am today and where I am today. Um, you know, and the opportunity to go back there as an employee and impact, you know, football student athletes, man, uh, meant everything to me. And, and, and it's a chapter of my life, man, that I never forget. Um, and, and once again, I think it's, it's played a large role where it, it's actually responsible for me having the opportunity um, that I have now. So the University of Florida always be near and dear to me. Um, you know, now when it comes to recruiting, obviously I would love to see my kids at Florida. However, that is their decision. Um, just because it was beneficial to me, doesn't mean it'll be beneficial to them. And I'm, I'm pro create your own legacy wherever you go. Even if that's at Florida, you know, just because I played at Florida, doesn't mean you can't rewrite your narrative at Florida. You don't have to be in my shadow or under my umbrella. I want you to create your own niche at Florida if that's where you decide to go. Formerly the Director of Player Development, Development Alumni Relations, Pro Liaison at the University of Florida, was with the elite athletic performance. Now we got the elite sports management mentor, manager, to answer the riches, but better human being. The one thing you do, VB, that you don't know is, man, you always lead with my wife and kids, my wife and kids. Unfortunately for us, man, we get to be myth killers. When you talk about people that look like us, sound like us, it's always, oh, man, we don't love our wives. We don't love our children. <laughs> the hell we don't. We love the hell out of them. Meaning people say, man, Ben, if you had to choose between them and this, oh, man, them that don't even exist without them. There is, there is no me without them. But let me tell you this. When my mama heard that you was leaving, my mama don't get, my listen, my mama care about two things. Florida, Florida winning games. And Vernell Brown at the University of Florida, Florida <laughs> right? When I told her you was leaving, this is what she said. What happened? What did he do? I said, Mama, he, the legacy continues, man. He got asked a question twice that he didn't say no the second time. Didn't say no the first time. But VB, for me, Ryan, 84 Reasons, former players, boy, I love you to death, man. I love what you're doing. I love how you do it. And look. My child want to run track. She's in the state of Florida. I said, listen, if you meet a young lady with brown on her back, don't take it personal because I know her daddy. She'll say, I went, and then she said she wanted to play real football, right? I said, hell to the no. You ain't going out there with no real football because they're going to knock you out. One, because you're my child, and two, because you're a girl. Daddy ain't never been to jail, but daddy got bail money. We ain't playing <laughs> those games. But BB, man, listen, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep enjoying this ride, man. And, uh, like I say, man, take it easy. Listen, tell, tell Anthony to take it easy on my tights, man. I know he in the AFC South. But when he do play my tights, tell him to go up to old Rand Carthon and tell him, listen, bro, you picked the wrong you picked the wrong squad. But keep doing what you're doing, big time. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate y'all having me, bro. All right, BB, man. Be good. All right, man. Yeah.